You're listening to a Soul Fire Productions podcast. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the show. I am so grateful to be with you today. And I am so thrilled to be with today's guest and to share her story and this incredible conversation with you. Erin Porter is someone I was recently introduced to, and I am just blown away at (laughs) so many ways we are the same and all of the different little things that we've both experienced in our childhoods and beliefs and patterns that we both really resonated with. And I was just so amazed at this conversation and how transparent and open and transformative Erin is, not only for herself and in conversation, but for her clients and the work that she does. She is the host of the Energetics of Business podcast, which I highly recommend. And we get into life being achievement-based. And we talk about who you earned more love from as a child, unmet needs in childhood, that achievement equaled attention, and how awareness really led to the understanding of the body and emotions. And realizing the emotions that have been suppressed for her, healing her feminine and slowing down and really feeling into the discomfort and how it feels when it releases. And we also get into trusting your guides when they're talking to you and setting boundaries, deepening the art of surrender. And my favorite subject these days, tapping into play. Please. Go check out this amazing woman and really lean into this conversation. It can be difficult to really get into such tough topics and to lean into awareness and be open to transformation. And wow. This conversation itself, the way it held space for me and transformed me through NLP and energy work and talking through hypnosis and just really allowing ourselves to go there, it was really beautiful to witness and be present for. So I am so grateful that you get to enjoy this now. Here's Erin. Erin, thank you so much for being with me. Hey, thank you, Kelly. I'm so excited. Yeah, this is awesome. I want to know when your aha moment came for you, when you realized that what you had been doing and the way you had been living was no longer working for you and you started on a different path and and opened up to what else was available for you. Mm, yeah, this is such a beautiful question. Honestly, the first thing that came, that came to mind for me was when I started my business back in 2016 and I was doing all the things, right? I was like, let, let me hustle. Let me go, go, go. That's all I had known my entire life was 
everything was based on my achievements. Everything was based on how much can I do? How far can I go in, um, you know, whether it's sports or leadership or college, grad school, all of these different things. My life since I've been five years old has been based on how much I can achieve. And when I started doing a lot of the inner work, and this is the first question that was asked to me when I started working with someone to do inner child work was who did you um, earn more love from? Who did you need to earn more love from? And broke down into, into tears. And that was my aha moment, like where I started noticing, fuck, I have spent my entire life like so, you know, unconsciously wanting to earn love from my dad, wanting to prove that from that little girl from five years old, my entire life wanted to feel that love, that worthiness, that connection. And energetically, I had been chasing that and chasing that and chasing that. And so in that moment, it's like where everything opened up for me. It's like, I can't chase things anymore. I can't keep running. I can't keep doing, I can't keep hustling and being in the state of, you know, burnout and adrenal fatigue and all of that. Like I'd been working to heal that, you know, medically and doing different natural remedies. But it was like, until I got to the root of what actually was holding me back, which was that energy and that mindset and understanding that beginning to heal that, like that's, that's what opened up literally everything Mm. for me. Why do you feel like it was with your dad of having to prove that what was there for you? Yeah. So like my, my parents divorced when I was in first grade and I um, you know, I always just wanted to feel that like love and connection. Like I wasn't like a daddy's girl. Like we have a, you know, we have a good relationship, but I think I always saw like my friends having this like lovey, cuddly, deep connection with them, um, or with their father or with the father figure. And I don't think I ever, I never got that. Like I had so many different, as we all do unmet needs from mothers, from fathers, from just different things in, in our life. And so, um, you know, for me, just wanting to to uh, like, I saw when I would achieve something, then I would get attention, Mm -hmm. then I would get that love. And so I obviously didn't make that conscious connection, but as a little girl, whenever he would, um, you know, he would come to like my big celebrations and those big things. And my mom would kind of be the one that was like there in in the weeds, you know, when everything else was gone, like all like the, the little stuff. Right. And so I know that my body started to develop. Okay. Well, when you achieve something or when you do something or when you hit this next level or whatever it is, you get that recognition, you get that attention, you get that love. And so I know from like a deep level that that's where so much of that stemmed from. Cause it was like, when I did that, then I got that in return. So as you started to work through this, what was coming up for you? Cause I can imagine, you know, I've done a lot of similar work and I have very similar stories. this. I'm wondering what was coming up for you physically and emotionally as you start uncovering these things that happened as a child and into adulthood. What were you feeling internally? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what was I feeling internally like through like, like throughout my childhood and everything? Well, just once you started to recognize that these were the things that were impacting you as an adult mm-hmm. and, and having that recognition and that awareness, what did that bring up within you? Oh, I could fuck everything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I know. That's kind of what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah. 
so much made sense. I mean, I had so many health issues growing up for, uh, that were always undiagnosed. They're like, I don't know what's wrong with you. Nothing's, you know, nothing is wrong. It's all in your head. And I was like, no, it's for me, it was so much just like different traumas and different emotions that were, that were stuffed down. That was kind of like my biggest realization and so much that came through was like whole, like I didn't allow myself to feel angry. I didn't allow myself to feel sad. I didn't really allow myself to really feel anything. So it was like, I have to either keep going or I need to be positive or I need to be the one that's happy all the time. I was always trying to like hold it together, you know, for my mom. And so when a lot of this healing work came through, I mean, it came through and, you know, and like uh, spiritual awakening and gifts and, you know, healing my feminine and being able to slow down and then having to feel all of the discomfort when you slow down and you have to be with everything and feel those emotions and, you know, through different healing modalities and somatic healing and breath work, I realized like I had just stored all of this in my body and you can see it even in pictures. And, um, I can even look back into my like eating disorder that I had all of these different things. It was like, it was all shoved inside of me. And so I could feel it literally like releasing from my body. The, like the moment that I started into that, cause I held on to it for so long and physical pain, mental pain, emotional pain. It was like, it all got to finally like breathe for the first time. Mm. What does the release of that sort of burden mean to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, it was like, it was safe to, to let it go. And it was safe to heal. And it was safe to feel all of those, those things. Cause for so long in my life, like my nervous system was always up and down, up and down. You know, I was either trying to prove myself or get to this next level. And, you know, I didn't just allow myself to sit and and be with those things and feel those things and and honestly feel like that safety in that release of what it is that I actually needed to feel. And I just thought like, oh, I don't get angry. I don't get sad. I don't get this. I don't get that. But no, it was just so much like missed experiences for my system. And, you know, finally it was like, oh, I felt safe in my body. I felt safe in everything that I was doing. And so much began to really jump from there because because I wasn't, again, trying to bring something outside of me to meet the need inside of me. I learned how to be able to meet that need for myself. Mm, I just posted something about this yesterday about how we all, you know, in confirmation bias, when we believe that we're unwhole, we recreate scenarios that confirm that for us. And Mm -hmm. so then we're always looking to other people to fill us up or make us feel whole or fix us or validate us. And I think I know that because of what you're talking about. It's always feeling like you have to prove yourself and make yourself worthy and, and get that love that you so deeply desire. And when you let go of that and you realize, oh, I can give this to myself. I don't have to look to someone else to fill this up for me. It completely transforms your experience in your inner world and your outer world that you've really created to match that inner experience. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like there's so much beauty in that because there's like the allowance of it. You know, um, I have found myself a lot, like really trying to meet all of my own needs rather than allowing people to support me in that. That's been like a huge part in my journey as well as really letting that in rather than like me feeling like I had to take care of everything and do everything. But like what you said, there's this beautiful journey that we get to uncover in this of like, let me allow, you know, this 
to, and to receive this support, this love, this worthiness and let it activate from within and then being able to hold ourselves and that being able to recreate that because it's great if we do it once, but there's this like magic and the shift that begins to happen where it's like, okay, we get to recreate this and we get to know that it's not going to leave. Cause I think when we start doing that work, all of our protectors and our patterns and everything start to come online in our systems where it's like, can I keep this? I know that's what happened to me. Like, can I keep this? Is this going to, you know, recreate or, um, can I have this consistently or that fear of that scarcity? So yeah, like what you said in like getting to hold yourself and be with that and allowing it in, it's like, there's, then there's this whole next level of that too. What does that balance feel like for you in giving to yourself, filling yourself up, choosing yourself, taking care of you and being open to receiving on top of that? Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, I feel like something I'm diving deeper into every single fucking day because sometimes, <laughs> you know, sometimes it's, uh, like a past, uh, I don't know if you're familiar with like the five personality patterns, but I definitely have a lot of like this, like merging compensated pattern where it's like, okay, I can, I can fill everything up. I can meet my own needs. I can do all these things. And that's part of my safety strategy. And so looking and feeling into me meeting that internally, that's usually a little bit easier rather than allowing like to ask for the help or ask to receive that support. And so what I did in the beginning of it was even just noticing anytime I would receive help or I'd receive support and in receiving it, also allowing myself to ask for it. Anytime that I had asked for support in the past or asked for help or asked for someone even just to do something little, I would actually get like full on anxiety attacks. Like I remember laying um, when I had to like ask, um, you know, one of my parents for help once I, I would go into like a ball. And in the last couple of years, it's like, I've allowed myself to just like bring in that safety to my system after I ask. And then noticing too, when I'm receiving support, whether that's from, you know, the universe or from another, you know, in my relationship or from a mentor, or, or from a guide or, um, you know, abundance or love or whatever that is. And like basically introducing that into my system and letting it know that it's safe to receive that. Mm. So for me, the internal piece of it, I was so used to like self soothing and self, um, recreating that and being able to meet that it was letting others in, which then comes up with like self-trust and all of these pieces. So yeah, I feel like it's this like multifaceted layer, but introducing it to your system, stabilizing it there, and then letting it like naturally begin to repair with, um, like very subtle energy and very, um, slow. Cause it's, again, it's a new feeling for our bodies. Mm. Safety is such a giant fucking thing. Like it's everything. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you feel that way, but I feel like it's everything. Like when you, when it all comes down, when you do all the work and you're like this, that, the other, it all comes back to safety. Do you feel that? Yeah. Oh, 1000%. The hardest part is getting to that point though, because where do you even begin? And for me, I found safety when I started somatic therapy getting in touch with my body and working with therapists who created scenarios in which I could uncover trauma, work through it, talk through it, whatever that looked like, and then come on the other side and then create that safety within my body and my environment and actually believe mantras like I am safe. 
How did you get to a point of safety? What types of things were you working with therapists? Were you doing programs? What did that look like for you? Mm, such a good question. It is. It's it's the foundation for for everything. And I didn't realize that I everything for me felt unsafe. Like I would have an incredible month in my business, and then I would like want to crash afterwards because it didn't feel safe, and I didn't feel safe in relationships. And my journey in safety really started with breath work, and really understanding from there. I was like, oh shit! Like I don't feel that in my body. Like there's always scarcity, or things are running out, or you know, I get it, and then it was going to go away again. And what I realized in the beginning of my journey, and I can reflect back into this now, and I think something that we all have to remember is safety isn't something that we can like achieve. Mm. I know for like a lot of like the um, like achiever in us, I know you're the same way, like very like, you know, high, um, like we want to go and we want to heal and we want to work through us. But it's like, we can't make um, safety like this just thing that we achieve or this thing that we do, because it's not something that we do. It's a more of like the being process. It's the more of like allowing that in. And when I realized that I was trying to make safety, something that I achieved and something that I like turned into a, a process, I had to allow myself to just notice the felt experience. And so breath work for me was the game changer in that. So I could feel that and be with that. And it was fucking tough. Like there'd be times I just would lay on the floor and like hold my body or, you know, work through with mentors and healers around feeling that, that felt sense and being with that, doing that somatic work, um, with them also working with like the unconscious mind and the connection with that in the body too. Those were kind of all the different modalities, but yeah, I think the biggest thing for me in that first was knowing like oh, I can't just make this something that I like turn into a process or do because there's not like a, let me do to feel safe. Like it's, it's a, it's a journey and you got to be okay with like allowing that journey in and being gentle with that journey and meeting it with compassion and love rather than trying to fix it or trying to get something from it. Can you explain more around what you mean by felt sense? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like the feeling and like the noticing in the, in the body. Um, so like you were saying with the, like the affirmation is great, right? Like I am safe, but if you don't, if you are only consciously thinking that or trying to make environmental changes, like, okay, cool. I'm going to say I am safe 25 times a day and I'm going to like, uh, you know, just whatever, feel that that's cool, but that's not, that's not working in the body. That's not working in, in like the somatics. It's just trying to like reprogram your mind set and it's efforting your way to the change. It's efforting your way to try to find safety rather than allowing it and feeling in the body because, you know, trauma stored in the body, things are stored in our fascia and our tissues and our cells. And until we can feel that, hold ourselves in that, meet the needs that maybe weren't met for us. It's like, then, then we can make the, the, the changes and then we can start to feel into it rather than just trying to think our way out of how to feel better. Mm, I love that explanation. Thank you. I think that uh, we have these kinds of conversations sometimes and we use a lot of words that may not make a lot of sense. So yeah. I appreciate you just diving into that a little more. Just a brief interruption of this incredible conversation with Aaron to tell you about today's sponsors. 
Y'all know I love me some CBD, especially during stressful times. It has really made a difference and an impact on my body, my anxiety, my sleep. The second I feel anxiety coming on, I run to the kitchen and I put that dropper of net in my mouth and I get the solve. And if I'm having any PMS or cramps or anything of that nature, inflammation, I just rub that on. It smells incredible. They don't put anything synthetic into any of their products And I'm just a huge fan of how transparent this company is. And they really understand energetics. They are infusing good vibes into all of their products with binaural beats and positive affirmations. And they really care about their customers and the experience you have. And it's really a partnership in healing. And knowing that you have a brand that is that clean on your side that you can turn to and trust from me is the most important thing. So we'd love for you to get a discount, of course. If you go to helloned.com slash Kelly T, you'll get a 15% off your first order and free shipping. That is helloned.com slash Kelly T. And our next sponsor is so exciting to be partnered with. Let's get checked. We all know how difficult it can be to get any type of blood test done. And especially when it's an STD test and you really want to be discreet um, and you don't necessarily want everyone to know you're getting tested and that process can be scary and then you can get hit with some crazy medical bills and no one wants that. So we absolutely love Let's Get Checked. We did our tests a few weeks ago. And they have a variety of different types. You can do STD, you can do hormone panels for men, for women, um, testosterone, all that kind of stuff. I did the women's hormone panel uh, and fertility check. And I was very excited to see that every came, everything came back positive. Um, but they make it so simple. So you just choose your test online. You get it delivered with super discreet packaging, next day delivery, You collect your sample. It's a simple finger prick. It can take a little longer than a normal blood draw. So you just need to be patient. It's not that big of a deal. And then you uh, send your results in. You just mail them in and they usually get your results in just a couple of days. They sent me a text message saying that they were available, which I thought was so great. Um, And they just do a really great job in terms of the standard of care and the actual testing itself, which goes through the highest ranking levels of accreditation. So we know that's all really important. And you also just avoid going to the doctor when you don't need to go to the doctor. So we absolutely love Let's Get Checked. If you go to trylgc.com slash Kelly T, you're going to get an amazing discount from them. And we are so excited to make testing more affordable and more available for everyone. All right, let's get back to Aaron. It's interesting as you create safety in your body, how that allows you to trust yourself. And what I learned, especially being very codependent and very anxious in that, is that I never trusted myself my whole life, probably up until last year which at 32 years old, I'm like, God, how did I let this go on for so long that I never relied on myself to know my own truth and make decisions for myself and know that like what I chose was for me. 
Mm-hmm. I it really started with my mom, very codependent relationship, always trying to prove my worth. That's the person that I wanted to get the love from. And in that, about 27 years old, I realized that I had been calling her 20 to 30 times a day for almost my entire life. Like down to what pants should I wear or what should I do in this work scenario or how should I talk to this girl? Everything. And I didn't trust myself at all. And so I stopped calling her as much. And that was really painful. But what it taught me to do is that I had to rely on myself and I had to make decisions for myself. Even if the outcome wasn't what I wanted, at least I had chosen for myself. And then going into work, creating safety in my body and my experience allowed me to go further in that trust. So what does trusting yourself feel like for you now, given all this work you've done to get to this point? Mm-hmm. Yeah, our journeys are so. I so know so it's funny. wild. <laughs> I'm like, oh god, calling my mom like yeah. for everything, <laughs> like a million times a day. Um, it's so funny because I'm like, wow, I just I never felt this for so long, and so feeling into it, it feels like honestly like coming home. It's like I can lean. It's like this warm, fuzzy. I'm fuzzy feeling, but like warm, vibrating feeling in my in my body. Um. And I'm a projector uh, in human design. So like that spleen also is always speaking to me too. And like, for me, it's, I can get this like yes or no with something. And here's the thing. I think I always felt the yes or no, but I ignored it. And like, I would, you know, do something even if it wasn't like right for me, but I felt like as I had to, or whatever, be a story that I was telling myself or needing to please or, or prove. And now it's like, okay, it's, it's almost like it's, uh, it's more clear for me to feel into that. Cause I'm like, Oh, this feels like a yes. And this feels like a no, but I had to also go in and start to heal that because my yeses were often, I said, yes, when I wanted to say no to things, I said, no, when I wanted to say yes for things. And so I had to go in and understand this is a yes. And this is what a yes feels like. And even holding, holding my body and saying, Oh, this is, this is a yes. Let me anchor this in when I say yes. And it feels really good. And so then my body could say, okay, this is, this is our yes. And this is our no again, rather than looking for something outside of me to tell me that. So yeah, it was this, it's like these little signals that come on in my body and they're either like, warm or they're jolting or they're always, um, telling me something. And so that, that trust and kind of what I always, you know, um, let people know too, is use the emotional responses in your body as data, as feedback, because you'll learn what that yes feels like. And you'll learn what that no feels like for you or, you know, intuition or trust or whatever it is, as you begin to even just get quiet and still and feel into it and like hold yourself in that. I saw a quote yesterday and it was something along the lines of for codependents and people pleasers, when you start disappointing people, that's how you know you're healing. Mm. Oh, I read it over and over and over. Disappointment was my biggest fear. Growing up, people would ask me, what's your biggest fear? And it would always be disappointing my parents, period. That was the end game. That was disappointing my parents equal death for me which is so heavy as a child to carry that. And so I have worked so hard my whole life to never disappoint anyone and to be perfect and to do as I was told and all of that. And I feel like one of the biggest lessons in my relationship right now is that I actually disappoint my boyfriend more often than I ever have someone. 
And sitting with that really hurts sometimes. Mm -hmm. But what I know is that I am being true to myself and I am finally answering my own call. Like you said, I'm finally coming home into trusting, into safety in my own body. And that means that you're going to disappoint other people sometimes. How have you navigated the disappointing of others? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to do the same thing. I literally tiptoe around. Like I didn't want anybody mad at me. Like I remember even too, when I was a little girl, if my mom, like I always wanted to like sit in, in the bathroom, like while my mom was taking a shower and talk to her. And sometimes she'd lock oh. the door because lady needs, you know, a, a break from four children. <laughs> and, and I'd write little like messages under the door. Like, are you mad at me? Oh. Like worst, worst fear, right? Like for even from like Aaron at three years old was like, I don't want anybody to be mad at me. I don't want anybody to be upset with me. I don't want um, rejection. I don't want anybody to tell me no. And I would do, 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 or, you know, kind of like fight that or like grasp at anything to make sure that people weren't upset or bad at me. And so, yeah, that's been my, my journey too, is just like allowing it. And again, bringing that safety into my body. If I, you know, say something that upsets somebody, or if I say something that rocks the boat and knowing like, if it's meant for me to say and share that I have to allow myself to do that. So it's like letting it out or setting the boundary or, um, knowing that that might not be what they want to do, but it's what I want to do, bringing that safety back in and holding myself through that. But knowing that like, I literally couldn't hold on to, or like hold back from it, from it anymore. So yeah, relationships, business, um, things that just weren't even no longer serving me and like, female friendships or any friendships that, that was, um, so hard and so different because again, I yeah, spent, you know, 20 something years of my life doing it the opposite way. Uh, so yeah, that, that's been a beautiful journey, but again, it's, um, it's an art. I feel like it's a practice and it's being able to come back and hold yourself in whatever, you know, that, that feels or triggers or what you notice inside of you in that. Mm. Boundaries can be really tricky because we're not taught how to set them <laughs> for a majority of us. We're like, what's a boundary? I don't think I ever heard of a boundary until two years ago. And I was like, oh, that's because I don't have any. <laughs> now I get it. Um, some people think, okay, if I'm going to set this boundary, I have to go tell my mom, mom, I'm only going to call you one time a week now and I need you to respect this. And in turn, you must not call me. And this is how it's going to look. And here's the plan. And let me put it on the whiteboard for you. And I'm going to tally every time you cross this boundary and don't respect it. No, that's not how it needs to look. I mean, if you want to do that more power to you, I guess I'm not sure how well that would work. For me, boundaries was really just making decisions within myself and showing up differently in the world. And what that allowed is for people to sort of follow my own pace. So most people don't know what boundaries are, don't know how to set them. So we're, we're teaching by example. So just in the way we show up in the world, that shows them how they can respond to us, how they can respect us. And sometimes they create boundaries for themselves because they realize that that's okay. And now they have permission. How has boundary setting looked for you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I definitely thought it had to be, you know, a certain way too. like, okay, I have to, you know, do boundaries and I have to, you know, always like set this thing and this thing has to happen and, and go from there. And then what I began to realize, I was like, okay, this is energetic. 
This is how am I embodying whatever this boundary is without even needing to honestly sometimes say like a word. You know, sometimes there's obviously a spoken boundary, but it, but me just living in my truth in that, checking in on that, like what's a visceral yes, what's a visceral no, and then honoring myself in that. I feel like that's where that's where everything changed in boundaries. Cause again, it was me allowing myself to sit with the discomfort in when, uh, like I needed to set it and I needed to feel into it. And so even just taking a moment, um, this was like a big thing that I did was to take a moment before I said yes to something or before I said no to something or before, if I decided, is this for me? Is this not for me? It again, goes back to that felt sense. And it went back to just more of how can I embody whatever my boundary is, whether it's, that I need time or that I don't want to do something like, how can I honor what it is that I truly want in this and honor my body, honor my spirit, honor my mind, honor my soul and connect in and have like a little, even like a little dialogue with myself of, do we need to talk this boundary and say this to somebody and be like, you know, this is, this is my boundary or do I just need to embody it and then hold myself and root myself into when someone tries to, because of course, you know, when we set boundaries and there's, we get little lessons around them and come and keep coming back to that. It's like, no, I'm going to like hold myself in this ground myself in this. And so I think that's like the best thing that we can do. Um, that I found for me in boundaries is just holding myself in that and coming back to it. Even when, it maybe is being tested a little. Mm-hmm. When you were saying you have conversations with yourself, I mean, I'm sure myself and everyone else listening can resonate. We all talk to ourselves. It's interesting though, as you start to have more awareness around those conversations happening within yourself, who is talking to who? Is your ego talking to you and you're having this like internal chaotic battle? Or are you in alignment with your higher self and your intuition and your gut? And that's who's talking to you. And it's coming through in a very clear, unemotional, honest way where it feels like almost like a pep talk from your spirit squad. It's like, this is what we're doing. It's okay. Don't worry about it. Rather than, oh my God, I don't know what to do. What are you doing? That was stupid. I feel dumb. I'm not sure what's happening. You know, that's when we start to differentiate ego from intuition. So how are you able to differentiate that for yourself? And what does it feel like for you when you're really just in alignment, listening to your higher self, knowing that this is right for me, this is my truth, and I'm not feeling all chaotic and all over the place? Yeah. Yeah. My first indication, my first thing that I check in on is this coming from my head space or my heart space right in there. It's like, there's, there's a knowing, like I can feel it, um, open up around my heart when I'm connected in from my heart space rather than like mind chatter. Like, and what I do too, is even just take, um, you know, I have like my hands over my eyes and allowing that like pull to happen, to just notice and connect in, um, and, and feeling into, in to the difference. And again, what we can allow ourselves to do and what's been helpful for me is when I do feel something that's from my heart and I'm like, okay, this is definitely heart centered, anchor that feeling into your body. Notice that feel into that make like, oh this this is coming from my heart okay this is what this this feels like and then when something is coming from your head or your fear or your ego then noticing what that feels like in your body because we all track it and feel it so differently and so it's kind of self-attuning to whatever your emotional responses are and giving you feedback in that so for me my heart is like expanded i know i'm from here when 
you know, my body's not tightened. I'm not feeling like fear or scarcity or lack or whatever. And I'm, I'm holding myself in it. And so it just, it, for me, it's like this, um, light in this energy that runs from, you know, my crown all the way into my root. It's like, I'm centered in that. And when it's coming from my headspace, you know, there's so much ego, there's so much doubt, there's so much worry. And it's just, it erases in my mind. Like I can literally feel pressure, like in my third eye, you know, behind my head. And, you know, we can, we can work with, with both. Um, I love working with like our protectors and understanding like what they're here to do. And so even allowing them to know that they get to come along the journey as you're working through everything, hearing what they have to say. And again, knowing that a lot of this activates to keep us safe and to help us and to support us because they've worked so long to help us move into this like next level or wherever it is that you're working towards or going to. Um, so yeah, mine feels like really tight if I'm in my head space and really like flowy and allowing when it's from my heart space. Mm. When you started to hear and understand the intuition and I, I'm not sure how, how down the spiritual rabbit hole you are, but hearing your guides talking to you, how did you know that that wasn't you making that up and being a creative little five-year-old girl and that you trusted that this was in, in a way source speaking to you and then that could direct your path or guide you? <laughs> Yeah. Honestly, in the, in the beginning, I didn't like I had, you know, I was just like, okay, this is me. And like another part of my mind talking, talking to me. And so what I did as I shared that, like with a mentor, I'm like, I don't know if I'm like, I'm channeling in other humans or, you know, whatever. And it's like, okay, well, what if you like, just like allowed it? And so like that, I feel like that was the process too. Cause then I, again, in my achieving fashion was like, okay, let me like learn and figure out how I need to do this. And like, make it a whole step, step process. And then I just began to, to like ask and to develop a relationship with whatever was coming through and I'd speak with it and I'd hold it and I'd nurture it just like I would in, um, like a partnership or any relationship. I got to know it. And through even that, that little bit of questioning and that allowing of them to come in, it's like, then, I, then I received like, you know, more downloads and understood who was more on my team and who was helping me, but I didn't try to judge it or force it or try to figure it out all out like I normally would in a lot of areas of, of life. And so it was this like, let me be really gentle. Let me hold it. Let me see what comes through with it. And then let me trust that from there, that it's going to be a journey that unfolds. And through that, um, bringing in more of that, like flowy, more feminine energy into it and just letting me like myself be held by, you know, the, like my guides and, um, everybody on my spirit team. I was like, Oh, okay. That this is, this is you that I had to trust in that first. Cause I had to trust in myself first mm -hmm. and know that like, we are always being held, whether you channel someone or you hear something or whatever, it's like you, you already have a team out there. Now you just like get to, you know, meet them and connect with them more. Mm -hmm. So who's on your spirit squad? 
Yeah, I have a lot of different people that I channel in um, and kind of bring in. So I have a lot of deceased loved ones. Um, I have a uh, a past boyfriend of mine that I dated throughout high school um, and he wow. passed away our senior year. He's usually one that first comes in. Um, my grandma, a lot of the different gods, goddesses. Uh, I have like little animals that come through. Uh, some are light beings. Uh, those are like the main ones that come through right away. Um and I just like allow them to be there. And so sometimes something that I, I used to do when I was a little girl and it came back online for me about like a year ago, I'd say is like more like light language channeling and letting that come through. So I'm still like kind of working to develop and understand that a little bit more because it's not as much of what I understand consciously. Um, so that's been kind of like a fun thing to to play with. And sometimes I don't always know who, but I can feel who it, who it is and just working in that realm. And again, trusting in like whatever it is, whoever it is, is it, you know, it's honestly, um, or it's obviously like a good, uh, positive source and just letting that come through. What is light language? Yeah. So it's, um, I'm still honestly like learning all of it. Cause I'm like, I don't know what the fuck all this shit's coming out of my, my mouth. Um, but just channeling <laughs> energy of, of light. It sounds like, uh, like, like tongues, like it just doesn't oh, got you. Like, always like make sense. And it just comes through. And I, I, I did it with a client yesterday and she's like, Oh, I did not know like what this is going to be. And I'm like, yeah, I'm still learning as well, but yeah, just channeling in the energy of light and the language of light. Wow. I didn't know that that's what it was called. My somatic therapist, Heika, she does that. Um, and I have a few friends who channel that do that, but I didn't know that like what the name was. That's really cool. Yeah. I think everyone, like, I think it depends too. Mm -hmm. I think there's like the, you know, the Pleiadians and that might be something different and then everything is there. I don't really know yet. It's still a very new thing that I'm playing. Yeah. Do you, do you resonate with the Pleiadians? I do. I don't know like a ton about it. I used to have a client that channeled from them and it was fucking wild. And I was like, I love this. Like, I definitely feel like a connection. I feel for myself, like I can go really up like cosmos and then really like ground, like shamanic. And so I love, I love playing and just feeling into both energies. Yeah. I feel the same way. I am obsessed with the Palladians. I have never resonated with something so much in my life. Their book, I don't know if you've read it. I you have to read it. Um, it's called Bringers of the Dawn. Mm-hmm. Oh my okay. gosh. Get the audiobook and then read the written version. It's like reading two different books because you hear it like channeled through the author as she's reading it. I've never been so moved by something. Mm-hmm. I was like, what is happening right now? I did my last three episodes on my show just about this book because I was just so blown away. I was so everything made sense to me and I've never been that moved or that in touch with something or a belief system and the Pleiadians in general. I'm like, Oh, those are my people. Like Mm -hmm. I get it now. It was so beautiful. So you, you have to read that. Yeah. I'm going to have to. Yeah. Um, so as you have gotten more into spirituality, what has that opened up for you that you didn't know you had access to before? Mm Hmm. Oh gosh, so much because it's, I feel like it's just, uh, it's been confirmation. I think I searched a lot of my life, um, you know, resonating with some things like in like religion growing up, but I feel like it really, it brought me home. I was like, Oh, I got, you know, learning about 
past lives and different things in generations and uh, spiritual gifts and, you know, whether it's more of like a physical thing or whether it's more of like spirit and um, in general, I just felt like I, I came home. I'm like, Oh, this is like where I'm, I'm meant to be. And I feel like it opened up a lot more ease for me. Mm-hmm. I felt like I could really lean in and trust a lot. Like it helps me definitely with, you know, when we were talking about trust, it really helps me, um, allow more of that in because I wasn't so much in my headspace anymore, trying to consciously think or effort or figure out. I got to really like let my whole body and my whole soul relax and know that I was held by something bigger than me. So it, it introduced me to a lot more of that, um, like feminine energy into my body through learning about spirituality because I spent all my life in that like masculine conscious go 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 do all the things and so yeah that's been my my beautiful healing in that Mm, it makes me so uncomfortable to slow down and to not be in achievement mode I'm I mean I grew up playing volleyball same as you like student council straight A's best at everything like trying to be the best And slowing down and not sitting in achievement is just, oh my gosh, it's a daily battle for me. Even right before we started this call, Connor and I were talking about our production company and I was just on one. I was like full in the masculine yelling about something. I'm like, that's not how it's going to be. It has to be like this. And then as soon as you and I got on the phone, I was like, wow, so masculine of you, Kelly. Like, (laughs) why are you trying to like be in control and have it have to look a certain way and just take over? it's still so deeply ingrained in me and it's so difficult. And I find, I was telling you as well, I just launched my first program. I believed that you had to do and go get and be competitive in order to have success. And it's a really big struggle for me still to allow and be in the feminine and still have success. How do you find your way in that? Because I know you have such incredible coaching business and you are so successful and work with so many people in so many ways. How have you found that flow? Yeah. Asking for a friend. (laughs) Learning every single day. Um, I had to like let go of so much control. I had to really deepen my art and surrender. And that's not fun. Like that felt really fucking uncomfortable. And I had to just let myself sit in that, like, and you know, the little girl inside of me wanted to throw a lot of fucking temper tantrums a lot of times because she wanted to make everything something that she would do. She'd want to turn into everything like, okay, well, let me get to like this income and, um, you know, this place in my business and this level and this thing and this many downloads and all of the, all the things. And I had to come home to like, what is like, for what fucking purpose? Like, do I want that? Like, what is my mission? What is my vision? What am I here to do? And how, again, can I lean into that heart centered space? And for me, it turned into, okay, let me tap into play and like shutting the computer down, shutting the phone down, getting out of, you know, my apartment and going and playing and also pleasure, allowing myself to have a pleasure practice to um, bring more orgasmic energy and orgasmic manifestation into my week and just slowing, noticing and not like I always give the example of um, like, you know, when you get in the shower and you like want to shave your legs and you go really, really fast because you got somewhere to go, just giving myself more space and not being back to back with every 
scary things. Like I could totally do that. And I get like this, you know, high when I do do that, but I'm like, okay, let me give myself space. Let me slow down when I'm eating, when I'm being, and that helped me so much. Cause I had to sit in that uncomfort and I got to, you know, go do what I wanted to do in life. And the whole reason why I'm building this is to make an impact and to also like have other people feel free and enjoy it, experience it. And like the Erin that was still in a full-time job would be pissed if she knew that she was filling up her days and doing all these things and trying to hustle. And again, it came back to like, what's my purpose? What's my truth? What's my mission? What's my vision? And how can I align myself in that? Mm. I uh, had a reading the other day and what came through was what is on your schedule that doesn't need to be on your schedule? And I was like, damn, that's so good. Mm-hmm. Because just like you said, I pack my days and it makes me buzz. And then I crash because I can't keep up with it. It's not sustainable, but it makes me feel important if I'm busy. And I think so many of us resonate with this idea of if you're not busy and if you're not doing all the things, whether it's with work or socially, then there's something wrong with you. And it's letting go of that belief in order to create the space. Because I'm sure you feel this, in this space is when you are truly within yourself and all the magic comes and the conversations with your spirit squad and the healing and just the decompression and the play and the orgasmic energy. That's when it can come through. But if you are full schedule 24 seven and you never allow for that, how do you expect to step into that feminine flow? It was such a mind blowing revelation that I had. I was like, Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. And then I just moved shit off my schedule. I was like, well, that was fun. (laughs) Why am I so attached to that? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It is like, yeah, we, we have been conditioned on like how much we can do everything that we're rewarded for success. All of that is based on like, well, what's this person doing? How much are they doing? And for a lot of us, that's how we receive love kind of, you know, coming full circle with it. And that being and allowing is where, yeah, you get, it's like working out the gym, you know, like you have to have your rest days and everything to allow everything to come through, just like you're working in your business or in your job or your career, whatever it is that you're doing. It's like that space and that stillness is where so like you get to receive, you get to allow, it gets to flow to you. Um, and if you think of like, you know, the, the be, do, have model, it's not about what you do to like receive your desires. It's like who you're being, your alignment, your healing, your energy, centering yourself into that. And that's where you get to have, you know, quantum leaps too. Speaking of the quantum, I have been using hypnosis myself with practitioners for a couple of years and it's changed my life. So now I'm doing a training to learn how to facilitate it. And I know that's something that you do. I would love for you to share more about what hypnosis has done for you and why you like that as a healing modality. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love like hypnosis, NLP and, you know, bringing all of that in to work with the, the conscious and the unconscious mind. A lot of mindset work is conscious based and we're trying to effort our way into making, you know, um, results or, uh, creating long lasting change. And when you can do things like hypnosis or other techniques that work with the unconscious and the conscious mind, 
change happens so much more easily and effortlessly. And we don't have to, again, work hard or do, we get to focus on being. And so like every time that I feel like I, you know, dove deeper into learning about those things and receiving those things, I watched a lot of like leaps happen and a lot, I watched a lot of jumps happen. And again, it became, oh, I don't have to work so fucking hard or like, again, effort or think or do, do, do. I got to surrender more into like my being and receiving and knowing that it was safe there and being able to work with my, like the user map of of my mind and my unconscious to make sure that it was happening just as part of who I was. Like it works so much on an identity level. And that's where, you know, we make true, true change. If you look at something like the logical levels of change, Again, most of it we're trying to make on a behavior or an environment level where we want to make more change easily when it becomes who we are. Mm. So good. There is something that elicits such dramatic change in hypnosis. And I just did a a four-week course um, through a girlfriend of mine. And I just went off into past lives and seeing my higher self in front of me and standing at the feet of a shaman that I was in service to. And my, my whole spirit squad was around me and working on my body. And I mean, it was just so transformative and so eye opening for me. I think the beauty of hypnosis is that it's endless. The possibilities Mm -hmm. are endless for what you can access. And a lot of times people believe, oh, I have to go do three days of ayahuasca in order to access these deeper parts of myself. You can do fucking hypnosis and breath work and you can go there. Like it is available to you. You don't have to go to Peru. You can work with someone who is trained like yourself and really uncover these suppressed parts of you or things that you just haven't had access to. And it can change your whole world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's wild. Like, yeah, there's things from past lives, from generational. I'm like, I would have no, no idea, but you just like feel it and you become aware of it. And you're like, holy shit, I've been holding on to this since five lifetimes ago or six generations back. And again, it's stored in the body. It's stored in our unconscious mind. And we pick up so much from that. And it's like, when we get to release that through hypnosis, through breath work, again, you get to come, come back home. And it's so, so amazing. Mm. Aaron, I just adore you. Thank you so much for being so transparent and sharing so deeply and so beautifully. I, I really respect everything that you do and the way you just share your experience and your voice and your work with people. I think I know you're making such an impact on so many women and I'm just really grateful that you're in this space and I can learn from you as well. So thank you. Thank you. It's seriously such an honor and I love being in, in your energy. So thank you for holding such a beautiful space. Thank you all so much for listening to The Kelly Show. If you haven't yet subscribed, be sure to do so now and head to ratethispodcast.com slash Kelly to leave a five-star review. And as a bonus for doing that, if you send me a screenshot of your review before you submit, I will get you a little thank you gift in the mail. All right, we have another juicy episode coming for you next week, so stay tuned. And as always, if I can support you in any way, please reach out. Remember, I'm just a DM or an email away. See you guys soon.